The Chronicles of Latimer Todd, 10th grade leads, chapter 21. Maybe FedEx wasn't such a bad idea. At a quarter after midnight, Vlad vanished, placing a protective glyph on the front door of Nellie's house, climbed into the passenger seat of Greg's car, and cringed as Henry gunned the engine to life. For a brief moment, as the car lurched forward into the night, Vlad saw his life flash before his eyes. But then they were on their way, and Henry seemed to know what he was doing behind the wheel. After a few minutes of silence, Vlad reached for the radio knob. No music, Henry almost shrieked. Vlad stared at him, wide-eyed, questioning. Finally, Henry threw him a glance. Sorry, it distracts me. I can't listen to the radio and concentrate on driving at the same time. Vlad raised his eyebrows and relaxed back in his seat. The last thing he wanted was to distract Henry from the road. Okay, no radio. No radio. An hour later, Henry finally peeled his hands from the steering wheel. They were parked across the street from that familiar 13-story office building deep within downtown Stokerton. They sat there in silence for a long time, Henry no doubt recovering from one of the longest driving sessions of his life, and Vlad clutching his father's journal to his chest and staring out the window at Diablo's lair. It looked horrifically ominous, framed by a moonless sky with only the streetlights eliminating it. There was no sense in delaying any longer. Vlad opened the door and got out. Henry followed his lead. They were only ten steps from the building when Henry let out a yelp. Vlad turned to see what was the matter, and what he saw sent his heart racing. Ignatius, the vampire who'd attacked him that dark night in Bathory, had Henry by a fistful of hair. A sharp, curved blade was pressing dan- was pressed dangerously close to Henry's throat. We have unfinished business to attend to, boy. Vlad set his jaw, more angry than terrified. Whatever business we have, it's not with my drudge. Let him go. Not wanting Ignatius to gain the upper hand, Vlad didn't miss a beat. He pushed hard into Ignatius's mind, and Ignatius released his grip on Henry. Henry ducked down and away, running back to the car as if he knew this fight was beyond him. Then Ignatius clamped down hard on his thoughts, so hard that Vlad's head throbbed and said, That was unexpected, but I won't underestimate you again, boy. As he spoke the last word, a piece of spittle flew from his mouth. His fangs were elongated, his eyes almost glowing with hatred. In a flash, he cocked the knife back and flung it forward. It whistled through the air straight for Vlad's right eye. Terrified, Vlad leaned fast to the left. It was like the entire world was moving in slow motion, except for him. He couldn't explain it, had no idea just how he'd done it, except exactly. It was just that... The first time he'd faced this monster, vampiric speed took over in a rush of instinct and and reflex. Only this time, Vlad had more control over his actions. His abilities were growing. As he leaned, the blade whistled closer, merely inches from his ear. He reached up with that same mysterious, glorious vampire speed and grabbed the knife as it flew. Marveling at his own actions, the edge of the blade sliced a small webbing of skin between his forefinger and thumb, but the wound healed almost instantly. Feeling abnormally powerful, Vlad slapped a glare back to Ignatius and raised a daring eyebrow. Ignatius exploded, but not in the now-wasn't-that-convenient-blood-and-gust-went-flying-everywhere way, more in the blind-fury kind of way. He flew at Vlad with fists flying, and Vlad stepped back from each blow, wondering exactly why, whether vampire or human, things always seem to end in a fistfight. Ignatius's knuckles whispered by his face, but Vlad kept moving, kept dodging every attempted blow. Recalling the knife in his hand, Vlad tightened his grip on the handle and slashed the blade across Ignatius's chest, managing only to catch the fabric of his enemy's shirt. 
Soon the front of Ignatius's shirt was shredded, and what tiny cuts Vlad had managed to make were already healing. Vlad took another step backward. He was doing it. He was winning and could hardly believe it, and Henry cried out from his place near the car, Vlad, behind you! Vlad turned with that amazing speed, dodging another blow, still incredulous that he was capable of such a thing, and saw the ledge behind him. One more step and he'd have fallen backward, thirty feet straight down into a delivery truck dock. He kept turning, spinning as fast as he could manage until he saw his target. Lifting the knife into the air, Vlad brought it down hard. The blade, the blade sang as it moved through the air, and then all sound ceased as it sank deep into Ignatius's back. Vlad spun around again, feeling the gums around his fangs pulse at the scent of Ignatius's blood, and kicked Ignatius hard in the back, driving the blade deeper still and knocking Ignatius over the ledge, into the shadows below. Vlad stood there, catching his breath and searching the darkness for any sign of his attacker, for what seemed like an eternity. But nothing moved below. No sounds echoed up to him. He'd defeated Ignatius in one fell swoop and had barely suffered a scratch. It had been too easy to trust. His fangs shrank back into his gums. With careful, troubled steps, he walked over to Henry and said, You okay? Henry's eyes were huge and round. Am I okay? I'm freaking awesome. How did you do that? You were moving so fast I could barely see you. Vlad shook his head, the corners of his mouth rising in a smirk. It was pretty cool, after all. I figured out that I could do that the same the last time I saw that jerk. Pretty cool, huh? I'll say. Inspiration lit up Henry's face. Dude, you should try out for the track team. You'd be a star. Vlad rolled his eyes. Yeah, that'll happen. Come on, we should probably get inside in case he comes back. Henry slapped him on the back as they turned toward the building that housed the Stokerton Council. Whatever you say, hero. As they walked, Vlad thought he heard a noise, a small rustle in the distance. He glanced back to the docking area, but all was still. He was about to mention it to Henry when a small breeze brushed against his left cheek. He looked over to his friend, panic rising in his chest. Instantly, he was overcome by confusion. Henry was gone. Vlad turned full circle, finally noticing his friend flying through the air as if he'd been thrown. Henry hit the wall of the adjacent building hard, falling in a heap as if the force had wounded him terribly. Vlad moved his eyes about the area but saw nothing. Then Ignatius's hand flew forward out of the darkness, connecting with Vlad's jaw. The force of the blow sent Vlad through the air until his back collided with the car several yards away. The car alarm blared into the night, alerting the world to their presence. Lightning shot through his muscles and Vlad cried out, both in surprise and in pain. Then Ignatius was standing before him, his fangs exposed. He planted his foot on Vlad's chest, and Vlad's ribs screamed. With a growl, Ignatius pulled his hand back and let it fly, backhanding Vlad again and again. Vlad tried hard to wriggle free, but it was useless. He was stuck. Small bones in Vlad's face cracked. His cheeks swelled, and with every hit, Ignatius dug the heel of his boot deeper into Vlad's chest. After he was done with Vlad, he was going to feed off Henry until Henry was no more than a memory. Vlad didn't need to read his twisted mind to know that. The truth of it lurked hotly in Ignatius's eyes. Ignatius stood tall, but left his boot on Vlad's chest, pinning him to the car. Now, boy, he hissed, we've finished this. Ignatius reached back with one hand and tore the curved blade from his back. He gripped it tightly, his own blood dripping from the metal to flesh as he held the knife over Vlad, ready to strike the final blow. Vlad closed his eyes and thought of his parents. It would be nice to see them again, at least. He tried not to think of Nellie or of Otis, but his efforts were futile. He knew he would die, Pravis or not, because Ignatius wouldn't stop until he did. 
Ignatius, stop! A voice familiar, cold, somewhat bemused, and then a dark figure appeared, moving closer through the fog-filled alleyway by the building. Diablo met Ignatius's gaze and uttered one word with all the strength of a man who is in complete control of a situation. Enough. Ignatius stepped back, fury still lighting up his eyes. But he halted his attack, and that was what mattered. Vlad gulped for air and scrambled away from his attacker to check on Henry. Henry nodded that he was okay, but Vlad was almost certain he'd sprained or maybe broken his ankle during his fall. He helped Henry to his feet and plucked his father's journal from the ground. Diablo gestured to the office building that housed the council rooms. Please? They moved up the steps, Henry barely able to walk, using Vlad's shoulder for support. Vlad limping slightly. Diablo didn't speak, only led the way. As Diablo held open the door for Vlad and his drudge, Vlad gestured back to his attacker with his eyes. Isn't this getting a little old, Diablo, sending your thugs after me? I gotta say, I'm getting really tired of it. Diablo paused, but just barely. Actually, it wasn't me. The council voted, voted, and they sent him after you. Vlad furrowed his brow. But you're the president. Alicia is a democracy, Vladimir Todd, and I am but one man. A strange expression crossed his eyes, one that made Vlad feel almost sorry for him. Then Diablo cleared his throat. Inside, please, the elevator. Vlad supported Henry as they made their way through the lobby and stepped inside the elevator. Once inside, Henry held on to the railing, giving Vlad a break. Diablo touched the glyph hidden in the wood and a second panel slid down, revealing additional elevator buttons. He turned momentarily, blocking Vlad's view, and pressed one of them. The elevator began its ascent to the time of some music melody that Vlad didn't recognize. Vlad exchanged glances with Henry, who was wincing from the pain but seemed to be holding up all right. Then he cleared his throat and looked at Diablo, who was quickly waiting for the elevator doors to open again. He, wa he wanted to say something, to let Diablo know that he appreciated his calling Ignatius off, that he was relieved to know that it wasn't Diablo who had sent set Ignatius after him, but the words wouldn't come. They were choked down with too many memories of the pain and fear Diablo had caused him. The elevator doors opened and Diablo led them down the hall, word wordlessly stopping only to pull open a large, ornate metal door. He held it open and gestured inside with a nod. Vlad helped Henry through the door, mentally kicking himself for it for so easily following the will of his mortal enemy. But he didn't really have a choice. The room was dark except for one corner that was lit by a single candle. Diablo stepped inside, closing the door behind him. As he lit several more candles, he spoke, his voice subdued, almost gentle. Am I to assume you've had a change of heart about entrusting me with your father's journal? Vlad helped Henry to a nearby chair and turned to face his worst enemy, a man whose motives he was no longer sure he understood. He pressed the journal protectively to his chest. Why aren't you trying to kill me? Vlad could make out Diablo's smirk even in the dim candlelight. The Pravis can't be killed. Yes, but... Vlad struggled to find the words. I mean, why are you being practically nice to me? It's unnerving. It has been a lifelong dream to see the Pravis come into being, and here you are. Diablo managed an honest smile and held his arms outward, and here I am, willing servant of he who shall rule over all of vampire kind and enslave the human race. Vlad thought he detected a note of sarcasm, but at the same time he wondered if Diablo meant it. I have a really hard time accepting that my father would have been friends with you. Diablo's gaze dropped, but only for a microsecond, barely long enough for it to register to the journal. He was my mentor, my teacher in many ways. I had the utter, utter, utmost respect for Thomas. Friends, yes, I suppose we were that too. 
Vlad wet his lips and squeezed the journal to his chest, feeling the comfort of its worn leather against him. Why the journal? My father had many possessions, hundreds of things you could have to remember him by. Why, what's so special about this one? I'm sure you never knew this, Vladimir, but most of your father's belongings were left behind when he fled Elysia. Items that he had spent centuries collecting. Things that held real meaning for him. The trinkets in your house were not much older than you, my boy. They hold no history, no real worth. When he left, the council ordered all of his possessions confiscated and burned. The journal you now hold is the only thing that remains of Thomas Todd, the vampire. Diablo's posture relaxed some. He looked conflicted. From before he was... Thomas Todd, the traitor, Vlad frowned his brow. He couldn't help but wonder if that was really how all of Alicia viewed his dad now. And besides, that book holds some sentimental value for me, personally. You see, Vlad, I was the one who gave it to him. He, Vlad shook his head curtly. That's a lie. I assure you, it is not. I don't believe you. Diablo sighed indignantly. See for yourself. Open the front cover. Lower left corner. After a doubtful pause, Vlad opened the book as Diablo had instructed. There in the lower left corner of the inside cover, right where he said to look, was a small ornate letter, D. Vlad had never noticed it before. He had spent so much time reading the words between the covers that he had never taken the time to look at the covers themselves. He closed the journal and ran his head lo hand lovingly over the front cover. So I guess you guys were pretty close then, huh? You might say that, and all I really want is something to remember him by, to remember him as I knew him. By the end of his sentence, Diablo's voice had dropped to a whisper. With a shuddered, uncertain breath, Vlad gripped the journal tightly, then loosened his hold and held it out to Diablo. Maybe he was making a grave mistake, but he didn't think he was. Diablo met his eyes and bowed his head slowly as his hand closed over the journal. Vlad had to fight the urge to rip it away from his grasp at the last second, but he managed to resist. He cleared his throat. Now that I've given you the journal, will your, the nightmares stop? Nightmares? Diablo raised a questioning brow as he flipped through the journal's pages. Then he smiled. Ah, so it worked. How delightful to know. Vlad blinked, confused. What worked? I thought you sent the nightmares as a way of convincing me to hand the journal over. In a manner of speaking, it was your uncle who sent those horrific images to haunt your dreams. Vlad swallowed the lump that had suddenly formed in his throat. Otis? Diablo offered a nod as he flipped through the pages of the journal. Finally, he seemed to find what he was looking for and stopped on, page, on a page dated September 21st. With a distracted voice, he quipped, Every single bloody thing you saw was by his doing. Vlad shook his head. He didn't believe a word. Otis wouldn't. Diablo met his eyes, wouldn't he? After all, he takes his leave of you repeatedly, doesn't he? And he hasn't... And hasn't it been difficult to reach him with your mind? Haven't you even once questioned why Otis has kept his distance all these months? Against his will, a sliver of doubt jabbed its way into Vlad's mind. His bottom lips shook as the possibility of such tre treachery. Was Otis capable of such a horrible thing? He hoped not, but then how well did he really know his uncle? He said he had s to stop you from finding some ritual. Diablo laughed heartedly. He's been working with me this entire time, so to speak. Then in Vlad's mind, an image appeared. It jumped forward like a grainy reel-to-reel -reel film image. It had to be a memory, like Otis had shared with him last year. The image was a mirror of his nightmare. Vlad was strapped to a table, half-naked and bleeding. Diablo leaned over him with the blade, cutting. But then Vlad noticed the mark on the inside of his left wrist. Clear as day, in Elysian code, 
Vlad read the name Otis Otis. Oh, no. The film stopped and Vlad glanced about the room. In the corner behind him was a table with leather straps from his nightmares. The floor beneath it was stained with blood. It smelled too familiar, and Otis, Otis had been the one being tortured. Actually, physically, painfully tortured. It had been Vlad's bad dreams at it hadn't been Vlad's bad dreams at all, but Otis's reality, reflected in Vlad's subconscious. Otis had been sending him memories all year, begging for help through nightmarish images. What's more, he was here, somewhere in the building, punching through Diablo's hold over his telepathy long enough to warn Vlad that Diablo hadn't changed. Relief and horror swirled through Vlad's veins together in a gale-forced torrent. After a brief pause, Vlad regained his composure and said, Where is he? Diablo set the journal on the table to his left and turned back to Vlad. He's here, actually. Would you like to see him? At a loss for words, Vlad managed a nod. Diablo seemed to search Vlad's expression for a moment before nodding in grave satisfaction. Perhaps he thought Vlad would finish his own uncle off, saving him from breaking the highest law. Whatever he thought, Vlad didn't care. He just needed to see Otis again and somehow figure out how to get free. Diablo nodded again and said, Wait here. Once Diablo stepped through the large metal door, Vlad grabbed the journal and stuffed it into his waistband, then helped Henry to his feet and headed for the second door on the opposite end of the small room. Come on, Henry, we've got to get out of here. Henry muttered, It's about time you had that idea. But when Vlad opened the door, he found Ignatius standing there, snarling. As quickly as he could move, with Henry leaning hard against him, Vlad shuffled back to the metal door which opened to reveal Diablo, whose lips were curled in a cruel smile. Diablo stepped inside and left Vlad's shirt, and lifted Vlad's shirt, snatching the journal back. Now, now, Vladimir, you can't leave without first saying hello to your darling uncle. Behind Diablo was a face that Vlad recognized with a glance. Jacek, the vampire who'd bitten him last year and brought a vial of his blood back to Diablo, healing him. But what stopped Vlad dead in his tracks, what almost made him drop Henry, what nearly made him lose it completely, was the sight of the man that Jacek all but carried into the room. Otis's left eye was swollen, his body broken and bleeding in several places, wounds that could only still be there unhealed if the torture had been continuous. Vlad gasped in horror. Otis? Otis struggled to lift his head, but when he did, he met Vlad's eyes and managed a strange, impossible, relieved smile. Vlad wondered if he was thinking that Vlad could save him, save them all, or maybe, Vlad thought with a shudder, Otis just wanted to see his nephew one last time before he died.